The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You um, you heard about it yesterday first. The CEO of Aurora Cannabis stepping down as the company lays off 500 full-time staff. Um, the layoffs, including about 25% of corporate positions. Aurora says it uh, has undertaken a, a detailed evaluation of all capital projects in recent weeks and had already decided to reduce capital spending to below $100 million for the rest of fiscal 2020. Uh, the executive chairman, a, a fellow by the name of Michael Singer, has been appointed interim CEO immediately. What does this mean for Aurora? Of course, you know, based right here in Edmonton. We're joined this afternoon by Mark Rendell, who is the Capital Markets Reporter for the Globe and Mail. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, first off, um, you're the Capital Markets Reporter, but you've also been covering the the cannabis industry in, in Canada for a while as well, right? I have, yes. I've been on the weed beat for the last couple of years, and so... There's a lot of crossover between capital markets and weed and in, in how the industry has uh has developed. So I've been both the cannabis guy and, and one of the money guys as well. All righty. Well, I'm, I, I need a, a bit of help with both of them, to be honest with you, Mark. <laughs> so, as, let's, as do I. Yeah, so let's start with this. Um, when you take a look back over the past couple of years uh, on the cannabis industry in this country, where it started, the hype around it, to where we are right now with some of the news that we're hearing, uh, whether it's uh, Aurora, where uh, there, I think there was, um, there was another one, a Tilray as well has announced some some issues how would you describe it i think probably the best place to start maybe is is right where we got to yesterday which yeah. was the, the announcements about the layoffs big big write downs about a billion dollars worth of write downs on international assets and so so what you're seeing aurora doing is essentially downsizing or right-sizing. So so Aurora is not alone. A lot of the Canadian cannabis companies expanded very, very rapidly over the last several years. Uh, it was really a race to build massive production facilities, um, raise massive amounts of capital, all in the hopes of, of capturing um, what is, you know, a very large illicit market. Um, and now a, a part of the problem was these companies were both building and raising money based on assumptions of the kind of best possible scenario. Mm-hmm. So in the best possible, best of all worlds, um, you know, uh, illicit cannabis consumers would simply switch over to the legal mm-hmm. market uh, and regulation across the country would go um smoothly and retail stores would open. Now, one of the big problems is um, you haven't seen either of those things happen. So uh, Alberta's doing a much better job than a lot of other provinces in terms of opening retail stores. But, um, you know, where I am out in uh, Ontario, there's about it's less than 30 stores open for the entire province. And, yeah. and the same is true in, in Quebec and other provinces. So there really hasn't been that kind of build out of, of a retail network. Um, and at the same time, you know, the hopes that people would simply stop consuming from the, the black market or the illegal market and jump over to uh, the legal market, that's kind of premised on, you know, easy availability with those stores 
It's also premised on the idea that the, the product is of sufficiently high quality and a good price point. And, and a lot of companies have struggled with that. So, you know, it can be a bit expensive. Quality may not necessarily be there yet. You know, it definitely will get there for sure. Um, and then and then there's not as many retail spots. So, you know, until it's as easy to, you know, go buy, uh, buy some cannabis as it is to go buy some beer on the way home from work, yeah. um, it, it's challenging to kind of make that, make that transition. So um, there was that big build-out, the hope to capture the market, and now we're kind of seeing them go, ooh, yeah. I think we built too much too quickly. And, um, and so they're having to kind of rationalize in order to, to stabilize their balance sheets. So, so Mark, was that, were, were the plans that you, when you talk about building out too fast, you know, based on best case scenario, then was the research flawed? Was it, you know, obviously you do, you, you do all sorts of studies, you do all sorts of research before you, before you do this, before you say, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, what happened? Was it, was it flawed? Yes, to a certain extent, and this is where I'll, I'll pop on my my capital markets hat okay. for a second, because it was also a function of how the companies were raising money. So, a lot of the the people that were putting money into these companies were doing so based on um, promises of basically square footage of real estate. So, these these pot CEOs and and um, CFOs were going out to the market and raising hundreds of millions, in some cases billions of dollars, um, based on these metrics, which was called funded capacity. Now, the notion of funded capacity doesn't exist in any other, you know, market or any kind of, you know, logical financial um, universe, but but it became uh, one of a number of things that, that companies were using to uh, you know, push their valuation up. And so they were all trying to get their valuations up so they could go and raise more and more money. And, and part of doing that was, you know, promising um, massive footprints and, mm. uh, and cultivation footprints. And so you saw a company like Aurora, which was really the, the most aggressive of, of any company in the country in terms of going out and making acquisitions, you know, making hostile takeover bids on other companies yeah. and then paying, you know, extraordinarily high prices for assets all to try to build out this kind of footprint which allowed them to you know drive up the price of their shares raise more money uh, and it was all very future and forward looking uh, and that worked pretty well selling that kind of dream uh, until we got to October 2018 when when the companies weren't selling a dream they were selling a product yes and, um, it, it became less about how can I you know sell stock to shareholders and, and um, to how can I actually sell cannabis to consumers and, and that's kind of where we get back into the the challenges around that which is just you know the market has not shaped up as as um, people kind of hoped and and um, that doesn't mean we won't get there we definitely will like I, I think you know Aurora is talking about this as kind of a reset to you know get over a hump of slower growth than expected and and um, you know, be around for the long run. And, and um, certainly a lot of companies are kind of recognizing that, you know, there is a big market here. There's no doubt. Canadians love smoking weed. Um, it's a question of can you stay around, uh, not burn all of your cash before you yeah. can get to a point where um, there is that retail footprint. Uh, the product quality is there and the brand recognition as well, right? It takes time when you have new brands coming into a market to, to kind of get consumers to um, to recognize and, and have some kind of commitment to that. So I think a lot of a lot of companies are, are 
yeah, they're they're downsizing to meet expectations, and they're just they've gone from crazy expansion mode to um, let's keep the lights on and hope the market develops around us, well, um, which is a very different um, mindset than they were even you know eight twelve months ago. Yeah, and I think a lot of folks who who bought into it, right? Uh, you know, yeah. certainly around here in, in Alberta, and whether it's here or across the country, the people who bought into it because we're, we you saw that initial growth. Maybe you got in at the very beginning. I mean, I think those people who got in in the very beginning before it got to whatever they're already out. They made their money. They were gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know other folks who saw, okay, well I can still handle that at whatever three, four, five, six, seven dollars, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, okay, well you know that's not bad. I'll hold on because I think you. I think we all. Well, and I'll say it because I I bought some, not much, but yeah. I bought some. It was like this little tiny bit of greed, thinking, oh hey, I want to get in there just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Just in case, and and hope for the best. And you think, okay, what it got to sixteen, seventeen dollars. Ah, should have sold it then. But now, yeah. what do you do? You know, you hold on and and you hope for the best. And yeah. and, I, and I think that there's a lot of folks just wondering, you know, what this means. Aurora's saying it's a reset. Um, mm. And I think there's others that are worried that um, that it, it, you know, is this the beginning of the of the end? I think I mean it's it's impossible to say um, what companies are going to win at the end of the day. Um, there is no doubt that there will be a handful of large, very successful legal cannabis companies in five years' time. Um, the question really now is who's going to be around. Um, and who's going to be able to push through the, the next year when it's become very, very difficult to raise more money and they're not yet profitable. Was- so that's kind of the real real question. And there's going to be a lot of bankruptcies. There's going to be a lot of companies going out of business. Um, we've already started to see some. There's going to be a lot of companies um, that are getting bought up, um, although I think probably more that will just be liquidated. Yeah. Um, and it's going to see a lot of consolidation across the space in the next 12 months. And that's, to a certain extent, that's the reality of any kind of new emerging business cycle. Um, so there will be there will be strong companies that emerge at the end, but it, it, it really is throwing a dart at this point to get yeah. kind of who is who's going to be around. And a lot of the names that kind of emerged as the household names of the last couple of years, I mean, some of them will, will certainly dominate long term, but some may not. Yeah. And, um, you know, it really was a classic bubble, stock market <laughs> bubble in every sense of the word. Yeah. You know, hype built on hype. And um, most of the people who got into the space were not sophisticated institutional investors. So it yeah. wasn't, you know, it wasn't pension funds really buying it. It wasn't large, you know, mutual funds and, and sophisticated, you know, financial uh Individuals, it was largely people like you and I, you know, retail investors yeah. who w- wanted to put a couple hundred bucks yeah. in and, and hope it hope it went up, and, and, it, <laughs> and that and that really that's what it was, and it was kind of a casino mentality, and um, and that was all fine up until about a year ago, um, and uh, it's uh, it's come back down to earth now. Um, as I say, there's there's a market there to be captured, and um, and it's it's pretty exciting um, whenever you have a new, I mean, it's not a new industry, but whenever you have an industry that's kind of moving into a new um, 
legal space, there there are definitely going to be winners. But um, I would I would expect to see a lot more losers than winners in the next yeah. 12 months. Mark Rendell is the Capital Markets reporter at the Globe and Mail. Also covered the uh, well the cannabis business in Canada over the last number of years. You had touched on earlier. You had said quality um, the the quality of the cannabis and the price point. And um, I'm hearing still. I can just look at my text line right now saying, hey, I'm not I'm not going to do it. It's too expensive. And I get stuff from my regular guy. That is that mm-hmm. is much better. That yeah. is still that is still um, that's still a biggie for a lot of folks. And when and as you said, they were banking that maybe regular users were going to switch over and maybe they tried it and said, no, I'm going to go back. So they didn't get that market. And then holding on to, you know, the fact that they were hoping that uh, a bunch of us that hadn't done it before were going to latch on and like it. Yeah. And yeah, it, 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 yeah. It, it was a real, um, I don't know, I guess a real expectation that that, that transition would happen. But the quality, um, quality's been a real issue. And, and you know, it, it's kind of a function of, of how, um, of all the stuff we were talking about earlier about building these really big footprints out. Because it, a lot of these companies are, are cultivating in quite large greenhouses. And it's hard to you know, grow beautiful crops in in large greenhouses, and especially when we're dealing with a plant that um, hasn't been genetically engineered and and modified in a way that you know tomatoes or, or mm-hmm. cucumbers or peppers and the kind of plants that get grown in in massive you know million square foot greenhouses. Um, the crop hasn't kind of gone through those uh, those iterations yet, and so you have a lot of problems with. You know, mold and a lot of problems yeah. with, with disease in the crop and um, so lots of quality control issues that have come with growing or trying to grow in these massive facilities um, so it, I mean it's by all accounts it's getting better um, uh, across the board quality is getting better and price is certainly coming down yeah. is another aspect of it is um, there has been a, a massive build out um, of production capacity in the legal space that far exceeds the demand for the entire country. And so as those you know, greenhouses become licensed and come online, um, you're going to get a huge increase in supply, which will drive prices down. So um, the prices are coming down. If, if the quality can get there as well, um, you know, I think it becomes a more compelling offering. Um, but then the final point, which would simply be, you know, when, when it becomes easy to on your drive home or wherever stop into a store um, which it is it is definitely more so in alberta but uh, yeah. once you start getting there in ontario and, and british columbia and quebec and other kind of um, large provinces then um, then i think the, the, the calculus kind of changes a bit. Uh, you know what mark i'm almost out of time here but i'm just one more question wondering what you think about um you know the growing cbd market and as well as as other countries legalize marijuana maybe down into the states more is that going to have an impact I mean, everybody looks to the U.S. as, you know, a a massive market. It already is a massive market at the state level, um, not yet at the federal level. Um, There is, there is, there does seem to be kind of a global shift in attitudes about cannabis. But I would also point back to what Aurora wrote down yesterday. They wrote off a billion dollars worth of assets. (laughs) Most of those assets were in South America and Denmark. Mm. And those were assets that Aurora acquired 
as part of this big global push to become a dominant, you know, global cannabis company. Uh, and they came out yesterday and said, look, these markets are not moving as quickly as we expected. We're going to have to write down the value of these assets. So but there was a real narrative a year or two ago that Canada was going to dominate the world. And, um, you know, maybe we will, but it's certainly going a lot slower than people expected. And the kind of dream that country after country would, would flick on the switch and we'd all be smoking weed um, <laughs> has, hasn't really happened and it's going slower. So there is, there is a broader shift. There's definitely an opportunity there, um, but it's not a rapid opportunity. And then the question about the states, like yeah. once, once that changes federally, uh, if it changes federally, that, that will completely alter um, you know, the entire yeah. uh, cannabis business landscape. Um, but it's unclear uh, when and if that legislation yeah. will come down. So um, if is as the with big all of these there, things, Mark. it's kind of a bit of a guessing game yeah. and you're kind of throwing darts at a, at a wall and, and hoping you're hitting targets. But, um, yeah, it's definitely less, less optimistic um, than it was a year ago. Mark, fascinating stuff. Thank you for the conversation. I look forward to doing it again sometime. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, Thanks. take care. Mark Rendell, who is the Capital Markets Reporter with the Globe and Mail.